Well, I want to talk to you today uh, a little bit about, like I said, it's our seven-year anniversary, and we're just going to celebrate a little bit about um, all that's taken place over seven years. We're going to share a little bit of our story. We're going to apply it to our everyday life. Um, so for those who've been here for seven years, how many of you started with us? You've been here the entire time. One, two, three. Yeah, just a few of us are still, still going strong. Yes, all right. Well, we're excited because you, a lot of you have heard this, but you know, it's good to go over and remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. Remember when David fought Goliath, he, the way he was able to do that is he remembered how God was faithful. He said, the same God that rescued me from the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. In other words, he looked back at God's faithfulness. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look back at how God has been faithful. Okay, and here's, I got this up here. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this because I'm going to refer to this throughout the thing. But recently I was asked to teach a uh, workshop or a session at one of our conferences about just the journey we are on and how we planted Thrive and what it was. And this is how, this is how we planted Thrive, okay? And it's very simple, and it'll work in your life too if you want to thrive, all right? Everybody say how. how. All right, this is how we did it. First thing you do, hear from God. Hear from God. This was in 2010. I went to a conference, and uh, my wife and I had already been feeling a little bit of the, just the Lord beginning to stir some things in us. We didn't know what or anything, but I went to this conference early in 2010, and the Lord spoke to me. There was two, two guys that both I know, ministers um, that are pastors. This conference I was at was an international conference for the Foursquare. Pastors from all over the country um, were there. All over the world, actually, were there. And I'm in the, one of the sessions, one of the night sessions, and I'm walking to my seat, and I see a guy. His name's Jerry Derman, and I see him, and I'm, I know him. So I went to say, hey, hey to him. That's all. I was just like, hey, how you doing? Because I grew up in Foursquare. I was a pastor's kid. So I still have, I know a lot of Foursquare pastors just from being, growing up in it. And then at being a pastor, I see him at conventions and conferences. And I served on a board uh, in California. And he was, he was part of that. So I went up and I just said hey, hey to him. And here's what he did. He, he, he said hello. And then he stopped. And he said, man, I got to tell you something. I, the Lord just spoke to me. And he said, there's a new season coming for you, and it's a season of faithfulness and fruitfulness, and you need to get ready. And that's basically what he said. And so whenever someone speaks to you and they, feel, and they say, the Lord put this on my heart to speak, I don't always say that just run with it. You need to line it up with what God is speaking to you because there could be people that say, hey, the Lord's telling me, you know, uh, to slap you, and that's not God, right? People can make up stuff. But here's the thing is what happened is he told me that, so I just wrote it down. I just went to my seat, and I was like, oh, season of faithfulness and fruitfulness, and I wrote it down. Uh, and then throughout the conference, I was there, and then Wednesday, I'm, I'm in the hotel, and I'm in the lobby. There's a guy named Nick Goff, who also I know, and I've done some camps and stuff with him, and uh, he spoke at one of the camps I was directing, and he came up to me, and he said, he said, Scott, I just got to tell you something, man. This thing's been on my heart ever since I saw you. And I was like, all right, fire away. It is odd for me um, because that's not something that normally happens. But it happened. And he comes up to me, and we're in the hotel lobby. And Nick has no concern or care for anybody else in that lobby. I mean, personal space. He's just like, hey, I got to tell you something. 
And, it, you know, and man, I'm just going to, so he puts his hand on my shoulders and he's like, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. And people are like, well, what, what are they doing? But basically, here's what he says. He said, man, I just feel like there's a new season coming up for you. And it's a season of faithfulness and fruitfulness. And I was like, did you, did you talk to Jerry? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I wrote it down. And he even said, he said, and, and, this, and, he, and he specified in this, that in this season, that, in, 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 that this season, Patty would be beside me, not behind me. Now, not behind me in the sense in other seasons, she's been like, hey, get back there. Not like that. But in the sense of with our kids being young and everything, she was always kind of behind the scenes. But she was going to play a very active role in this new season. And I, so I called Patty and I said, Patty, here's, this is the weirdest thing. These two guys have come to me in two different times on different days without any conversation from anybody. And they said the exact same thing. So I felt like I, be, I need to take that serious. So Patty and I, we talked and we prayed and we really felt, I even took some time that I fasted and prayed. If I'm going to fast, then I want to hear from God because I'm hungry and I'm willing to put that aside to hear from God. Besides that, I mean, I fast between meals and snacks, but, but I'm talking about a real fast, all right? Um, so, so I fast and I pray and, I, and the Lord spoke to us and he said, it's time. And he used the scripture in Genesis where he talked with Abraham, and it was like, I want you to leave where you're at, leave your family, leave everything, and go to the place that I will show you. In other words, I want you to go somewhere that you don't even know where it is yet. Your first step is to step out. So I went, and I went to the pastors that we served under at the time, and I said, listen, the Lord is calling us away, away from here. And their question was the same as everybody else's question when I said that. And they were like, well, where are you going? What are you going to do? And we said, we have no idea. We have no idea. Now, the difficult part was Patty and I both are on staff. So, so when we're leaving, we're basically stepping out of income. We're stepping away from finances coming in. Just because God said. Just because God said. So this is the second part right here. Obey. When you hear from God, there's going to come that time when you hear from God that you have to decide. What do I do? God has spoken, and we need, to, we need to move on it. So we did, and it was very uncomfortable. And again, we've always talked about the glorious, wonderful things, but can I just be honest? There were stories behind the stories that weren't so easy. There was difficulty that we faced. There was questions we faced. There was people that, that assumed things about us leaving. There was a lot of difficult stuff that happened on that journey. And... and and part of my talking with you today is, is just that whole idea of vulnerability that, listen, I, it's easy for people to say, man, you were such a faith guy. You just really stepped up. You know what? I did. We were obedient. But it was very, we were very nervous. And there were moments that we questioned, like, what are we doing? When bills keep coming in and paychecks aren't, what, what are we doing? And you think that as soon as we make the decision to say, okay, God, we step out, he's like, all right, here it is, do this, do this. And it didn't come right away. So once we leave, we're still thinking, like, what are we doing? And I get a call. I get that call. You know that call. where you, That's the testimony call, right? I get a call from a pastor. Hey, man, I want to talk to you about a, a church, an opportunity to pastor a church. And I'm like, God, you're right on time. 
You're right on time. And it was a great opportunity. And my wife and I thought about it. We prayed about it. And my first thought was, this is it, because God told us to come out. We get this call. I mean, it all works together. And we both felt in our hearts that it wasn't right. So we said no. We said, man, we just don't feel like it's right. We don't feel like it's a good fit. So what, what did we do? We just walked by faith. We continued to pray. We continued to believe God. So day after day. Still those times where questions come up. The challenge that we have to, to conform. The challenge to, to, to just fix it our way or to just go find something to do. The challenge to just, you know, try to make something happen. But we waited and we trusted. And then the Lord, at the one time, 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I know I woke up by direction of the, the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened. He said, this is what I've called you to do. And I got up and I opened my computer and I typed in four words. And there are these four words right behind me. Embrace, encourage, equip, and empower. And he said, that's what I've called you to do. Embrace, encourage, equip, and empower people. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. But what people? Like, I, there, is, there are no people. So we began to just pray about, Lord, what does it mean? And he said, this is what I've called you to do. I want you to, I want you to start a church. And I want you to call it Thrive. Pay and I began to talk about it. We began to process how that was going to happen. We began to pray about it. And I was reading in Mark chapter 16, and I have that, that verse. Uh, it'll be up on the screen. Mark chapter 16, verse 18. And uh, to get up to this verse, Jesus is coming, and he, and he asked the disciples. He's talking with the disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? And they was like, some say you're prophets. Some say you're this. Some say you're Moses. Some say this. But Jesus says this to them. He says, but who do you say I am? And Peter makes this comment. He says, you are Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. And Jesus responded and said, you know what, Peter? You didn't get that just from knowledge. You got that from a revelation of God. And then he said this, upon this rock, Peter, upon this rock, these are the five words that jumped out of my Bible when I was reading it. And it said this, I will build my church. Okay, so those five words, I'm going to write them up here. I will build my church. All right. I is referring to who? Right. My is referring to who? Right. So who builds it? Jesus is saying, I will build and it's my church. You know what that, you know what the Lord spoke to me at that moment? I got this. For, for someone who never wanted to lead pastor, someone who never wanted to plant a church, who just wanted to be in youth ministry all of his life, and all of a sudden the Lord begins to change the direction of my life, and he, and he began to prepare my heart and my desire to go that direction. But all of a sudden when I'm stressed about how is it going to work? What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? I don't know how to plant a church. I don't want to plant a church. It's a lot of work. Every church planner I've talked to up to that point is tired and frustrated and grumpy. Seriously, I talked to someone and said, this is what I feel like. And they're like, man, just be ready. They'll kill you. <laughs> and I'm like, why in the world would I, why did I even set up lunch with you? And I did set up someone there like, you know, I'm about done, man. I've been doing it for a long time and it's just. 
It's constant, constant, constant. And I'm like, hey, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> By the way, can I give you four words that might help you when someone comes to you and they need some help? You know, can you just embrace me for a minute? Can you give me a hug and tell me it's going to be all right? <laughs> Encourage me. Give me some tools I could, that could help me. Instead of just be like, oh, good luck. I know I hate it. That's basically kind of some of the, they were saying it that way, but that's the message I was coming across. And I was like, why would you? I need some, I need some assistance here. I need a little encouragement. This encouraged me because I thought nowhere in this is the pressure on me. Nowhere. I am not responsible to build this church. And the Lord spoke to me at that moment and said, listen, I want you to trust me. Just as you trusted me in stepping out, I want you to trust me to build the church. And I said, I, and we said, okay. And this is what it meant to us. Not even to make a big deal that we're planting a church. Don't go inviting people. Don't call all of our friends. Don't pass out flyers. Don't get a website that just hits every, you know, all these hits. Don't Facebook it out there. Don't blitz neighborhoods. Just start. No promotion. Just start. And you know what? That's exactly what we did. And in the journey, it's amazing how, how God began to speak to people. And it's amazing how people began to ask questions. And people, you know, you, I mean, people still found out we're planning a church, but not because Patty and I were like, hey, come help us. We didn't have a team. We didn't have strategy. Listen, and for those strategists out there, I'm not saying anything's wrong with strategy. I'm saying for me, something would have been wrong with it. Because the Lord said, I got it. Just trust me. Because I, I grew up in ministry feeling like and, and being exampled, having an example in ministry a lot where we have to figure out how to do everything and we strategize ourselves sometimes right out of the will of God. We have to be very careful that we don't let our strategy lead us more than the Spirit leads us. So because that would have been a temptation I probably would have fallen into, that the Lord just help me in that season before we started the church in 2011, that season in 2010, the Lord began to re, reshape some things in me as far as my value not being in ministry, but my value being in him. That was a big part. I was a very youth pastor, had a lot of success in the churches I was at. In the one church, our youth ministry just skyrocketed. I was on all these boards. I was traveling. I was speaking at camps and conferences, but yet it, my value was all in that. And it was all surface. So then in, when I'm not in ministry, in this season that I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm, I'm feeling like I don't have any value. Why? Because my value was in what I did. So the Lord had used that time to begin to help me realize, I'm going to show you that I can build it. And you're valuable just because you belong to me. And that's where we were. So we went on this journey. And God has been building this church ever since. And, and it's, it's to his glory. And he's been faithful. He's been faithful. So we heard from God. We obeyed. And here's the other part of this journey. We continue to walk by faith. Because this journey is still going. Seven years later, it's still going. And we're continuing, continuing to see God prove himself over and over again. As we walk by faith. As we just trust that he's faithful. We trust that he's faithful. So here's some of the things that happened. During this process of us stepping away from the church, can I just tell you something? Our first service was 10 months after, 10 months after we left the other church. 
And, and I never did get a job by leading of the Lord. He said, I got, trust me. God was faithful. Three kids, house, cars, everything that we had, we still were having to pay, still had bills, we still had electricity. We didn't go get a portage on and, you know, try to just save on budget. We didn't. We just, why that came up, I have no idea. We just, <laughs> we just was faithful. We just trusted God. And can I tell you, it's amazing how money just came in, how God met every need. Through the whole process, how he met every need. We partnered up with New Hope. My brother's pastoring over there, and I was talking to him about what God was leading us to do. And I wanted to make sure that our church, we had accountability and that we weren't out there on our own, all by ourselves. So I wanted to make sure we had some accountability. We aligned ourselves with New Hope. They were wanting to plant churches or even plant pastors, so we kind of aligned ourselves under them for accountability and covering. And uh, so when we started the church, I met with their church council every month. We now have our own, but I met with theirs so they could still see every penny, everything that was happening for the first year. They were so gracious. We, we met down in their basement is where we met when we first started. And if you were there in those days, our child care was their child care. So we just took our kids to their child care. We didn't have to supply workers. We didn't have to do anything. We just met down in this basement, and we just had church. And, uh, and it was amazing. And it was, it, was, it was pretty cool to just watch how God was just starting to build something. And it's just like with anything that we plant, sometimes it starts underground. Like we were in the basement, it's kind of one of those things that you start underground and God begins to build some strength and some stability in the root system. So when it does come up, it's healthy and it's strong and it can last through the challenges. And that's what's happened with us. We have faced challenges. We face difficult times. You know, we have gone through some challenges as far as just the challenges of trying to navigate through change and navigate through situations, challenges to stay the course when there's a lot of pressure sometimes to, to go different directions and hearing the voice of God, even if it's different than what he's speaking to other churches and other people, some of those challenges. Another challenge we faced, and, and a lot of you are aware of it, is three years ago, my wife and I, we got away and we went and got some marriage therapy. Because even our family was struggling because of the day-to-day -day ministry stuff. And some of the things that the Lord really had to work in me. Because, because I have found, and I'm not going to get all into this now, so don't get all scared on me. But I have found that I had a tendency all my life to just bury everything. And to never be real and vulnerable about struggles or insecurities or anything like that. And all of a sudden, we go get this help. And it was like the Lord began to just... Heal us. Heal us. But we took three days of intensive marriage therapy, which they tell you as a pastor in pastor school, they tell you don't tell your congregation stuff like that because they're going to think, oh, our pastor's messed up. Well, guess what? You figured that out already. <laughs> All right? We needed help. We did. Our family, our marriage was struggling, and we needed help. And we, we could have got it sooner, but hey, we got it. And it changed everything. Those three days changed everything. Matter of fact, if you were here that Sunday we got back, we, I unloaded a lot of it. And said, I didn't realize how much hurt and pain and, and stuff I dealt with because I just felt like I always had to be strong. 
I felt like I always had to have that faith stance. I always had to have that, but I am fine in Jesus' name. When inside, I'm hurting. When inside, I'm struggling. And the Lord began to show me in Scripture about, listen, it's in your weakness my strength is perfect. So if you stop trying to be strong all the time and acknowledge, listen, right now, God, I'm weak. Then God says, bingo, this is when my strength is perfect. But when you think you have it all together, you don't rely on God because you think you got to just be strong on your own. And we use these things and we say all this stuff, but it doesn't change that inside we're hurting. And we can't really encourage one another and embrace one another if we're not going to be honest about life. And life sometimes hurts. And Jesus said in the garden, my soul is crushed with grief. Paul says in Romans 7, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. And what in the world is going on? And then he says at the end, but the answer is Jesus. So when we have those battles, when we have those struggles, we look to God. He's our source. He's our, he's our source of hope and direction. And we have to trust him. And it took me a long time. Patty, Patty was much healthier when it comes to being real about what she feels. And the problem was that sometimes I even suppress that. I say, oh, you're fine. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, you are fine. You are. You're fine. You know, I've realized that that's not how we do it. So let me just say this and then we're going to move on because that's a whole other thing to talk about. But this is a church where you're allowed to hurt. Where you're allowed to show vulnerability that you're struggling. Because it's only then when Moses can acknowledge that he's struggling and he's getting tired that we can allow the Aaron and hers of the world to come hold our hands up and keep us encouraged, keep us pointing to Jesus. And don't come here thinking that something's wrong with you if you're struggling because I'm telling you everyone in this room has had moments of struggle. Everyone in this room has had moments of insecurity, moments of worry. But what do we do with those? We, we capture those. We take it to the Lord. We allow people to come in and help. But let's be real about being real. And that's what God did. And it was a turning point in my life and in Patty and our relationship. And there's a lot more I could go into with that. But I'm telling you, we are healthier than we've ever been in our life. We are loving life. We are thriving in our relationship and our family. We still, we're still growing. We're still growing. But it is completely different by the understanding of being real and being open and honest. And here's what I found out. When you're real and open and honest... Then people come up to you and they say, you know what, thanks for sharing that because I've been struggling. When we, told, we share our story, I've had so many people as we shared our story, especially that Sunday, that came to me and said, you know what, man, I'm glad you said that because now I feel normal. Because we always feel like something's wrong with us because we can't be as strong as those people. And I'm telling you, some of those people aren't really that strong. They're doing what I did. And they're just hiding it and burying it and burying it and pretending they're strong. When, they, when, when they're by themselves that night, they think about it and they struggle with it. But we don't ever allow ourselves to come around and encourage one another. So God is, so even in this journey of, of this church over the last seven years, God has not just built a church. He is building a church. You know what the church is? It's us as people. And God is building us and he's shaping us and he's helping us to be all he's called us to be. And we're on a path that even this year, we're learning to just understand the love of God and just rest in his love. It's amazing that, that to me, you know, sometimes we struggle so much and some of the simple things are really the deepest things. Well, God loves you. Yeah, that, that's a simple message. But we've been on it since January because it's so deep. God's love is so deep. It's so thick. It's so good. And we can't fully understand it. 
But it's amazing at how good and faithful God's been. So just a few stories real quick. I know I'm, I'm all over the place. All right. Um, but I want to tell you something. There was God's call. He answered us. We connected with New Hope. Then a year later, I'm in front of the church. I'm talking about God's faithfulness. And I say this, and I talked with Chris and the council before, but it wasn't something I was going to share. I said, man, I just, we, you know, I feel like the Lord, we need to start praying about a building. We need to, to move out of this basement, and we just need to pray about where God has us next. Well, that Sunday, I'm in front of the entire church, and all of a sudden, uh, if you've known me long enough, you know sometimes if I feel like the Lord says something to me or speaks to me, I just say it. And sometimes I need to think about it and get some counsel before I just throw it out there. But I threw it out there. I said, hey, God's got a building for us. we got to get ready. And someone, in the, someone right there said, where is it? And I was like, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where it is. He hadn't told me that. I just feel like he's got one. That was early January. March 1st, we had our first, I mean, March 1st, we signed for this building. And at the end of March, which is what we're celebrating today, we had our one-year anniversary service in here. God just miraculously, miraculously opened this door up for us. You would think a church at the time, maybe 40, I don't know where we were running at the time, is not going to walk into a church this big with nine acres of land. I mean, we, we, we were too small to really be able to take on this in the natural. There were some people that saying, uh, do you really need a building that big? But I'm telling you, God is faithful. And when I pulled up on this property, when we were looking at it, um, I think Patty said this. I think there were some other people that said we pulled up. And you see, if you look behind this wall, you can't see it from here, but on the other side of the brick wall, when you pull up, you see the, the T. It's like some cross kind of thing, but it's a T. And I remember thinking, God put our initial on this building. Like the, whoever built it, they built it for us. So I had the church council out here one day. We are just going to pray and look at it because it's a big decision we have to make. And, um, and I'm telling you, I got here early, and Chris could attest to this. I grabbed a bag, and I started picking up trash. And someone was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm cleaning up our property. And this was before anything was even offered, or we didn't know anything about it. We were just looking at it. But, I man, the Lord just spoke to me something. I just felt good. Patty felt good about it. We all felt good about it. And I don't have to finish the story, did we get it? You're sitting in it, so you know that. God was faithful. He blessed us. And one of the things that God spoke to us about, listen, I am blessing you to be a blessing to others. And we've been able to not only have God's blessing on our life, he's been so faithful to us, but we've been able to bless others. And we've been in situations where, we're, where we started that whole, we had a whole lot of work to do when we moved into this building. And some of you were here and you probably we're thinking about leaving the church because we had so many work days in one month. You're like, good gracious, he's, he's wearing us out. Because I, for some reason I felt like we had to have our one-year anniversary service in here. And it felt like, you know, why wait an extra week just for people to be relaxed? Let's just wear them out for that first service. So, so we did. I slept, I slept here sometimes. I mean, not all night, but I mean, I'd fall asleep, like take a little nap because I've been here till 2 in the morning, you know, just telling people what to do because <laughs> I can't build anything, so I'm just telling everybody else what to build. But we get, we get through it, 
And we start fixing up all this stuff. And, and the, the place we set financially, we didn't want to go beyond this mark because of our budget. Um, we were already there, and we weren't even halfway done. And I remember uh, sending an email to the council, and I still have it. I read it to the council just not long ago. And, and here's what I said. I said, you know what, this is what the Lord has spoken to me. This is what I feel, and I want to lay it before you. But God has said, listen, you left. When you left the church you were at, I was faithful. When you began to uh, hear me talk about what I wanted you to do, I was faithful. When you started the church, I've been faithful. And I am your provider, not just to now. I will continually be your provider. I want you to make that building thrive. So we finished it. We just thought, you know what, forget the budget. Let's go. We didn't write any faith checks. That's not, I wouldn't recommend that. If you don't have the money, don't write the check. But we, do, we didn't want to tap into this, some of our savings. But the Lord said, do it. So we did. And we, got, we did a sign. We did, we did more than what we were going to do. We spent way more than we thought. And at the end of the month, guess what? We were still above that line. How? God. That's the only answer I can give people. We didn't have a car wash. We didn't sell candy bars. We, it was just God. It was amazing how, how faithful he was. Story after story. Let me tell you a couple other, because we've got to wrap this up. I'm, this could be a six-part message. But, <laughs> but here's another thing. After we got going for a little while, um, the Lord began to put on my heart about uh, just um, staff. We had more that needed to be done. We, had, we needed some behind-the-scenes stuff. We began to pray about how we could do things better. And, uh, and I want you to know, Chris and Curtis, who are not in here, Chris just stepped out, right, because maybe he knew I was getting ready to say something. He stepped out, Curtis and Allie, Chris and Lisa, and Curtis and Allie, I'm telling you, they're a gift to this church. I'm just telling you right now, they don't get enough uh, up front because they're always running and gunning. They're always doing stuff, but they're making stuff happen. And they're, they're very godly, loving pastors. And I can just tell you, they go out of their way. They work more than you know. They're here sometimes on Friday. You know, they're here sometimes on Saturday. There's times, you know, just so you know, even the thought of rain, Chris will drive out here from 30 minutes away just to throw some salt out so y'all don't slip on the sidewalk. He thinks like that. That's why I hired him. Because me, I'd be like, if you slip, you should have worn different shoes. You know what I mean? But Chris... He's, he, he's, he's concerned. I'm just kidding. I was, I kind of kidding. Uh, be careful. Uh, but here's the thing is, is, you know what? God brought those, God brought those people to this church. God brought you to this church. But when we made the decision to hire a Chris, it was our first hire. And it was, it was very big decision because he was very solid in what he was doing. He's an airplane mechanic, so he was doing very well. He's been doing that. He's very comfortable in that, and this is a big change for him. He's never done any kind of ministry stuff before, and the Lord spoke to me and said, listen, I want, we got to take care of him. I don't want him taking a huge hit because he's obeying me, and so the Lord put it on our heart to, to be obedient, so he's like, all right, so he came, and I told the council, I was like, you know, we need to figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to work this, and and, uh, and I said, this is what I feel like we're supposed to do. And, and the council was like, okay, we have a great council. We have a great church council. And um, so we're trusting God because this is, we're hiring someone knowing 
Like, who, what, I don't know what the future looks like. So we're stepping out in faith. And the, the, the Sunday that I'm going to announce that we're hiring him because we heard from God and we obeyed and we knew it was going to be a faith journey. So we hired him. That Sunday I come in and Patty hands me an envelope that was in our mailbox. And all, and all it said as far as writing, it said, God's got this. Those three words. And it was a check for $25,000. So I told Patty, go check it, go check it again. I mean, just <laughs> check it out. Keep checking that mailbox. When y'all leave, don't be looking in the mailbox, all right? Leave our mailbox alone. That's our mailbox. Uh, look in your own. Um, but here's the thing. I could tell you story after story about finances. We had one time where we, I was out in the driveway. We were, I mean, in the parking lot. We were just now starting the renovation. And a car, a guy came in. I didn't even know who he was. And he said, it's good to see a church going in here and handing me a check. So I followed him home. And no, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I was like, oh, so I'm telling you, I could tell, I could keep going. God has been so faithful. God has been so faithful. Curtis came around, and, and Curtis had so many opportunities to, to connect with other churches. A young church, uh, a young children's pastor that's great with young people, very good with young people. Well, as a matter of fact, he's too good because when, he, when it used to be that these kids were like, Pastor Scott. And now two of them called me Pastor Curtis on Sunday. They were like, Pastor Curtis. I'm like, I'm Pastor Scott. Oh, where's Pastor Curtis? I'm like, good, good, get out of here. So, but the thing is, is you know what? He, he loves on your kids. Our, our kids' ministry, they love on your kids. And somehow I just talked to, I talked to Curtis, but I was like, you got to follow what God's telling you to do. And, and next thing you know, he, he calls me and he's like, hey, can we talk again? And he had several opportunities, even good opportunities. But the Lord brought him here. And we were able to bless him. And not only bless him with, a, with you know, salary, but also he lives in this house right here. So he's on the property. And, and it was a benefit to us to have another way that we could be a blessing. And, and so, again, it's just another thing of God. You knew all along that all this was going to fall into place. If you asked me at the beginning what it's going to look like, I, I would have said, well, we're going to start a church and maybe meet in the school. I don't know. I would have never thought this. And seven years later, I'm like, God, you are so good. Like you are above and beyond anything I could ever ask or think. You're amazing and you're faithful. And I just want to give him glory because he's done it. It's, it's not pressure on me. It's not pressure on, on our staff. It's just about, the only pressure is to make sure we hear from God and that we obey and that we walk it out by faith. That's it. We've had other things of faith. We had pipes break. We've had three or four pipes break in this church in the winter. And we've caught them all pretty soon that we could have a shop back party and still, still have church. But one of them we didn't. And the entire back of the kids' wing, all the kids' wing offices was inches underwater. And we were like, oh, that's not good. And some of y'all were here for that. And so we, got, we had to get insurance out. We had to get the catastrophe unit team come out and start sucking up water and putting all the dehumidifiers and all the other stuff to try to get everything cleaned up. And we're going through all that, and the insurance adjuster comes out, and he's looking at the carpet, and he's like, we're going to need to replace this carpet. And I was like, I was like, yeah. 
And he goes, uh, and the carpet is stopped. When you go into the kids' ministry and walk straight all the way down, before you turn, that's where it started. That hallway going down to the offices is where it was. And the insurance guy came out, and he said, all right, we're going to do this. But he goes, you know what? The carpet in the hallway matches the carpet that goes all the way to the sanctuary, doesn't it? And I said, yeah. He goes, we're going to replace it all. And I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, yeah. If it matches now, it should match later, don't you think? I'm like, I like you, man. Yeah. And then he comes in here, and he's like, man, this is nice. And he's asking about the church. And, and then he says, but the, the, the carpet on the stage matches the existing carpet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, are you serious? And here's what he says. He says, don't you think the carpet needs to match the carpet you put in? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, we'll replace that too. And I was, I was like, man, listen, if y'all want some new carpet. No, I'm just kidding. Don't go throwing water in your house, breaking pipes, because if he don't come, it's not going to happen. But God was faithful, and he, he did above and beyond in that. It was amazing how, I just, again, story after story about how faithful God has been. We've been able to bless Stephen and April with land. They live in this neighborhood. We bought their land for $25,000. It's not like we just, oh, we can just throw that money out. We're sitting in council meeting talking about, and the council 100% believes you know what? I think we need to buy the land. We were just thinking of how much do we want to help with. And the Lord put on our heart and said, buy the land. So we said, okay. We Skyped them right away, and then we had a little cry fest, and, and there it is. They got the land. The next month, the council's like, when are you going to write that check? I'm looking in the balance sheet. When are you going to write that check to Stephen in April? And Patty's like, I already did. It's back. How does that happen? God. You hear from God, you obey, you walk by faith, you'll see God's faithfulness every stinking time. Every time you will see the faithfulness of God. Every time. So one other story, and then I'll, I'll go. You know, I know y'all getting hungry. All right. But here's another cool thing about because the way the Lord blesses us and we trust him, that we always, we committed to the Lord to be a blessing to others. This flower bed you see right in front of this wall, it's got the stone wall that goes up like two feet or whatever, and it's, it just goes all the way around the front wall. The guy, when he came out, there was a miscommunication between him and one of the people that was working with him to get the measurements. And he came out, and um, he, got a, he gave us a quote. We said, okay. And he comes out to, to build it. And when he comes out, he goes, this is not... This doesn't measure what they told me it measured. They said they, they measured half of this. There's, I mean, and so he was prepared to do half that size. And, uh, but he came up to me and he said, here's what I'm going to do, though. I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, I said I would do it. That's the quote we gave you, so I'll do it. This is what the Lord spoke to me. Double what you're paying him. See, some ch I'm not dogging churches. I'm saying I grew up where churches would be like, hook us up. We God's people. <laughs> we need a discount. You know, where pastors, when you get pulled over by the police, you give them your minister's license. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, thinking you want to break, right? Doesn't work. Um, but here's the thing. Sometimes as churches, we, we, like, we want this thing, and we want people to suffer. I'm like, that's how he makes a living. That's how he feeds his family. He made a mistake. And instead of me high-fiving everybody, half, we got it for half. No, yeah, look, he's crying, but we got it for half. 
That's not how we work. That's not how we operate. We said, bro, we'll double it. We gave him a check. We doubled it. And the, and the, the lady that uh, we went through to him gave him that check and said, it, you would not believe what it did for him. He's never seen that in all of his years. Why? Because God has been faithful to us and we'll be faithful to others. God, listen to me, your God is faithful. And the way this is going to walk down in your life is I want you to know right now, whatever God speaks to you, if it speaks to you about a decision you need to make personally, about a decision about a business, a decision about whatever, when you hear from God, all you need to do is walk in obedience. And when you obey him, there's going to be times on your journey, you're going to have to trust God. We had to trust God through difficult seasons. We had to trust God in times where we had to get healthy. We had to trust God in times where we didn't really know what decision to make. We had to just wait on the Lord. We had to trust God in stepping out with no income. But I can promise you this, in every one of those situations, my God was faithful. And my God is the same as your God. And if my God is faithful, then your God is faithful. And you'll see these same stories in your life. And they won't always be the same exact thing. But the, the, the part that will be the same is God's faithfulness. It will be the same. God is faithful. Amen? You believe that? Seven years. And he has not failed us once. We have failed him, yet he has still not failed us. Ever. And he will not fail you.